0: to the Bean Ninjas Podcast, where you get an all-access pass to see what happens behind the closed doors of a fast-growing global bookkeeping and financial reporting business. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bean Ninjas Podcast. And today we have Wayne Richard joining us again. Wayne's been on the podcast a couple of times, and it's great to have him back. Welcome, Wayne.
1: Thanks so much for having me on again, Meryl.
0: Last time we were chatting, you were out visiting the Bee Ninjas team on the Gold Coast. And where are you calling from or where are you chatting
1: to us from today? So I'm at home at the moment uh, in our U.S. headquarters, I guess, in Tucson, Arizona. I split time between a co-working facility downtown and working at home. So utilizing my home office when I can.
0: Great and I think a lot of the team in Australia do something similar where we work part of of the week at the Gold Coast headquarters and then I know I do a couple of days a week at home and and others do depending on the type of work that I'm doing. And we were chatting just before the call and we we always find it interesting that it's summer here in the Gold Coast. I I was out surfing yesterday and got a little bit sunburned, and then it's cold and winter where you are at the moment.
1: It is unseasonably cold for us in Tucson. So Tucson is in the desert of Arizona, and typically we have some of the highest temperatures within the country. And this week, it just happens to be in the low 40s, so quite cold for this time of year, especially where we're starting to come into our springtime.
0: But no shoveling snow for you
1: in Arizona. (laughs) never no more shoveling snow I, I grew up on the east coast outside of Boston and spent many years of my childhood shoveling snow for not only my parents but the elderly women that lived next door to us and was often paid in just a <laughs> Snickers bar
0: that's a great story so we do want to share with the audience what we're going to be chatting about today we're doing a different style of episode can you take Take us through what we're doing and
1: why, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think what we're what we've been talking about recently is really putting our heads down and offering something more than our core and traditional service offering delivered around bookkeeping services, and an idea that Merrill had approached me with was one where we'd be, we'd begin sharing weekly updates and working in public. Why we're doing this is amongst our core values is always growing. And by bringing these additional services to market and doing so with sharing opportunities in a podcast form, there are many lessons that we're going to learn along the way and many of opportunities for us. To have to grow as entrepreneurs and I feel as though growth means little if we don't pass it forward and share these lessons with others. We've also had our most amazing experiences and have seen the most growth working in coaching programs that required us to participate in some type of accountability, whether or not there were video updates or regular posts coaching programs we've had great experience in have been peak persona with Aaron Berkby and the TCS with Russ Perry as
0: you said public accountability or and sometimes it's not in the street public but just shared accountability has really helped us in delivering our goals and part of the bingers journey from day one has been sharing transparently the lessons that we're learning along the way and our growth story And while we don't write income reports anymore, you can still find them back in the early days of our blog where we talked about making our first $3,500 in recurring revenue and getting to our first six-figure
1: turnover. It'll be exciting when we share the the update, when we hit our seven-figure update. Well, We'll have to certainly step out of the norm and create content for that piece of news.
0: Absolutely. And, and we're, not, we're, getting, we're getting close. But I don't think that'll be too far off. So let's start with what you're working on, Wayne. So what's your project that you will be sharing over this public accountability podcast series that we're recording?
1: Absolutely. So I'm leading the effort to develop and release really an extension to our core bookkeeping service offering a VCFO or virtual CFO service. So these services will be aimed toward business owners that want to go beyond managing their businesses by simply looking in the rearview mirror. So right now, it looks like the initial offering will include a number of one-time project options, such as forecast, setup, budget, preparation, scenario planning, establishment of a KPI dashboard, and also a monthly recurring revenue model offering strategic advisory in the form of a monthly or quarterly call where we'll collaborate with our clients on various reportings so things like income and expense analysis or cash flow planning cash flow forecasting comparative analysis and also the establishment of alerts so i guess one of the questions also is why are we looking at this and we're aware that the accounting industry is changing and enhancements in technology have made bookkeeping services highly automated and this allows for us greater time to either support more bookkeeping clients or deliver additional value-added services to our current ones. Our clients have matured and have begun to ask us for these types of services and Simply sharing a set of numbers on a PDF report is no longer enough. They want to understand how their numbers are impacting their business and what they can do to manage them better. And having supported them for years, some of them, we have a lot of those insights available and skill sets within the team. We also have the capabilities within our current team to scale resources when there's a demand for this particular service.
0: And the project that I'm working on, it aligns with the virtual CFO project that you're doing, Wayne, but it's in a slightly different area. And I'm focused on developing a zero Foundations training program to coach people on how to use Xero and also how to implement good accounting procedures around things like collecting payments from customers, paying bills, and running financial reports. And... The reason that I'm developing this product is that it feels like there's a gap in the market between a business owner that's ready for outsourced bookkeeping, but the time period when they start their business. So from day one, when you start a business and there's money coming in or out of that business bank account, that needs to be recorded so that you can pay taxes, but also see the performance of a business. But, but there's a gap at the moment between when that business owner can afford to outsource bookkeeping and and that start date, and that's where this course will fit in. I wanted to give a little bit of background about the course and why the public accountability is going to help me. I actually spent a whole lot of time in 2018 working on a much bigger version of a, a zero online course, and it never got finished. And so with this accountability approach, I've selected a chunk of that course, so I made it a much smaller project, and I'm going to make sure that it gets finished and launched in within a couple of months, so a much shorter timeframe. So we both talked about the projects that we're working on. When next, do you want to discuss what you've done so far in terms of your project and also what the timeline might be
1: going forward? Absolutely. So this project has also been in the works for some time. So we've had other team members exploring various software, brainstorming different service offerings, and Marilyn and I have discussed what this could look like on various occasions, but we wanted to first ensure that we had extreme confidence in our core service offering, and that was the traditional bookkeeping. After focusing the majority of last year, on systemizing and optimizing our bookkeeping processes and team structure, I feel like we're now ready to release and offer something more to our clients. So what we've done so far, we really kicked off the project in mid-January where we identified a project leader and team members that would form our launch team. We held a launch session to describe the vision and the intent of this program. To this launch team. Really, it was an idea that we've had to productize this VCFO service. Um, the services typically and traditionally have been more of a bespoke offering, and we feel as though we can, we can craft something that we can productize. In late January, we finalized our project plan and began to create a survey for release to gauge interest and make sure we're on the right track. We also decided on a software platform that will support our vision for this service offering. As recently as last week, we began to create a client interest in target list. These are clients that have expressed an interest To us already for this type of service, or those that we could leverage success stories from in our future marketing collateral when we roll this out. We also developed a pricing table and a menu of services and inclusions. We've received two client commitments to actually deliver this service. So it's almost as if we're still building the plane while it's in the air. So it's quite exciting. And we've also completed about 70% of provided training on the dashboard tool that we're going to roll out. Interested in also what's been done in regards to the course you're developing.
0: Yeah. So I did already have a whole lot of content created for the online course back in 2018. So I had the foundation there for what, what is going to form part of the course that's going to be released over the coming months. So two weeks ago, I sent out a survey to our email list just to, to really understand the pain points of business owners and what they might want to learn about zero and cash flow and accounting. I also was active in some Facebook groups and, again, just were filling out questions and, and, and understanding where business owners felt like they needed to learn more. We created a landing page. So that we could start promoting the offer, and I also created a free five day zero challenge around tidying up zero file to build interest. And related to that, I recorded a batch of five videos, and then we promoted those on social media. Then last week, so I've talked about two different two weeks. Last week, I reached so similar to what you described. Wait, I went through our existing customer list and then selected some customers who I thought fit would fit the profile of benefiting from going through this course. So I emailed them and then I also reached out to some other contacts of people that had expressed interest in the past or who I thought would be interested. The goal is to run the course with a group of eight people. and as of today we've got five participants locked in. so there's I'm looking for three more. And I I gave myself a week to find the eight and we're actually starting the course next week. And while I've got a a rough idea of what we're going to be covering based on the content that was created in 2018 and then also based on the survey feedback, I've got a lot of work to do over the weekend and on Monday to get week one of the course ready. And this is following that Lean Startup methodology, which is sell first to, to learn what people are interested in and what they will pay for and then go and create what they want. So next let's move to any challenges and let's each share any challenges that we've faced over the last couple of weeks. Do you want to go first,
1: Wave? Absolutely. So one conversation I think might be interesting to our listeners is a respectful debate that you and I have had around really wrapping my head around the idea of whether to release an MVP, minimal viable product, or an MAP, a minimal awesome product. And the question around are are potential customers willing to lose quality, or at least the appearance of quality, just because it's a beta test. And I felt like that was a big challenge for me to wrap my head around. So I have some ideas, but I'm interested in your approach towards delivering and supporting an MVP.
0: So to me, an MVP is about creating the minimum version of something so that you can test it with customers, get feedback, and then improve and iterate. And we launched b with that mindset and you can go back to our very first podcast episode where we talk about how we launched the business in seven days. So we really didn't have a lot, but we, our, our minimum viable product was the bookkeeping service. And I'll give another example of an MVP. So if you were building Airbnb, and this is actually how Airbnb approached this, they didn't build their tech platform at the beginning. They were contacting people. They, they were trying to match up people who had houses available with people who wanted somewhere to stay. And that was their minimum viable product was connecting those people. They didn't actually build the software platform. And so I try and apply that approach in business as well. But as you say, there's a trade-off between giving people the experience so, so that they can pay for it and also provide feedback, but not making it so bad that they never want to buy from you again.
1: And I find in the point that I had made along our respectful debates was around the idea that Bean Ninjas has delivered a quality and a service offering that has become higher level service than what someone could do on their own. And my thoughts around developing a VCFO offering were more around the tools that we would be utilizing to deliver the service. And I felt as though a greater investment in a particular tool would create an appearance of a higher quality service than an approach where we might use an Excel spreadsheet or a shared Google document. And I feel like in this approach, it really helped differentiate not just the service offering, but it also created an experience for the client.
0: And so they were good points. And this probably gives our audience some insights into the debates we have internally. And my role in the virtual CFO project, even though I, so you're running that with a, a project lead, I felt like my role was, okay, I, I come at things from this MVP approach. So what kind of questions can I ask? Or how can I respectfully push this project forward so that how can we do it in a shorter amount of time? So how can we launch faster? How can we get feedback faster? How can we get paying customers faster? And so I came to the project to provide that perspective. But it was also great having you there with this perspective of we want to provide a quality service. So how do we create this MVP without losing quality? And so some of the, the other questions I was asking as well as how can we launch faster is, What is the perceived value from the customer? So where are they getting the the value? Is it in, if say we're doing a cash flow forecast, is it in knowing that they have enough money to pay, they've got runway for six months and they can pay their bills? Or is the value also in the appearance of the report? And it may or may not be. And so these are really good discussions. So it's really good to have these friendly
1: debates internally. Absolutely. I'll share... Another challenge that I feel you and I both have in common. And really, it's around balancing the sponsorship and leadership of a new project with the recurring demands that we have upon us in our time.
0: That's, and you're right. And that's a a challenge that I face as well. I think a lot of business owners would face this where there's day to day operational responsibilities and there's also having the ability to carve out time to work on a project. And I had this down, I had this listed as my challenge as well. And I'm still in the final stages of handing over some of my responsibilities. And so that is a priority too. So I have some competing priorities. And next up, let's go to lessons learned. So what would be your number one lesson
1: learned from the project so far? Absolutely. So I feel it's, we must be clear in our package inclusions and remain firm on them. So I feel in rolling out additional services, there needs to be a clear finish line, or perhaps it just becomes the new starting line for where one service ends and where another would begin. And really this will help to differentiate the services, but also allow for us to price them independently. We also don't know what people are interested in buying until we release something whether or not it's a survey or a pre-sales landing page or, or even a beta and receive feedback to help us gauge and answer the question, what are people really interested in spending money on? I feel like this offering is one that will be a work in progress and I'm excited to share in the coming weeks how it evolves and changes.
0: It's interesting. I actually had a similar lesson as well around launching and then getting feedback and for me, that lesson came from getting our landing page for the course up and published. And we only gave ourselves, so I was working on this with Ant, our marketing coordinator, and we gave ourselves two days to get that landing page up while we are working on other projects. And so there were lots of things we knew that could be improved, but we just did the best we could in that timeframe and hit publish. But the fact that it was published then meant we could request feedback from people. So we had a number of website teardowns from different friends. And also, once we shared that landing page with different potential customers, we were able to get their feedback around what questions they were asking. And in a couple of instances, there were the same questions, which meant that we needed to have provide more clarity on that landing page. So if we hadn't have forced ourselves to launch that that landing page in two days, then we wouldn't have received that valuable feedback, which helped us to then tweak that that landing page. And the other key lesson from that was we actually realised that we had two different audiences or potential course participants that we were selling this course to. There was one group, which was the business owners, who want to learn how to do their own bookkeeping, and then there was a whole other market segment which was virtual assistants and office managers who are working at a small business and have taken on some form of bookkeeping or zero role within the business, but they haven't got an accounting background. And so they also want to learn about zero and some accounting theory. And we wouldn't have identified that if we hadn't received the feedback and realized that we actually needed to create two separate landing pages because their pain points were different. Wonderful. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to add, Wayne, before we wrap up this week's
1: call? Again, I'm just excited to kick this session off and excited to see where these projects go and share with folks the results that we have along the way.
0: Absolutely. And you can expect we'll be doing these weekly updates until we launch these projects. So I'm expecting that we'll be doing these recordings for the next five or six weeks and we may even continue them afterwards because once we've launched these products, that's not the end of it. Then we'll be seeking feedback and continuing to iterate. And so we'll still be learning through that process as well. So looking forward to chatting with you again next week.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.